Hello and welcome to Who Is She, a podcast sharing the voice I wish I had in my 20s and navigating how to thrive in your 30s. I'm your host, Danielle, and I'm so glad you're here. This is a safe space to talk through all the in-between moments, consider different perspectives, and ultimately go for the life we want to live. Get comfortable and let's get started. All right, guys. Hello and welcome back to the Who Is She podcast. It's Danielle, and I have a special guest here, Delania. Hi. (laughs) Um, You may remember her from the first Girl Talk episode. I am actually in Austin right now. Um, I had just booked a trip to come out here with Delania's sister, Shay, for her birthday in the end of December. And at the same time, I, at that point, had no plans for New Year's, so I just decided to book a second trip out here to Austin for New Year's. So that's what we're doing here. We've had a great trip so far. The only problem is, is that we've had such great conversations and none of them are recorded. And we've (laughs) joked the whole time that we should have had a podcast mic on us. So I figure we'll have another Girl Talk episode and we'll just sort of talk through the things that we have talked about on this trip that I think could benefit the listeners, you girlies out there. So roll with us, hang with us, do your thing, go on a hot girl walk, get your coffee, listen on your way to work, whatever it is. But this is our last episode before 2024. That's the year, right? Yes. Okay. I know. It's easy to lose track already. It's like, wait, what year are we about to go into? Seems so big. It does. 2024? It seems like, remember like Xenon Girl of the Future? Oh my gosh, it, yes. It, is that the one where she had the microwave that could make food? Like it was like a 3D printer of food and then she had the closet? I, I think that's the right order. Gosh, I already feel like. Yeah. So old trying to remember. Oh my gosh. Questions. Yeah, if you don't know who Xenon Girl of the Future is, then we might be the generation above you, but that's okay. We're your cutie millennial big sisters. Okay. <laughs> and it's fine. It's fine. So. What was the first thing we talked about that was like so good? I think it was like having babies. Yes. When we were on the, in the airport on the floor, Mm -hmm. waiting in the terminal. Yeah. So there was this cute little family and there was a a family with two young kids. One of them was a toddler that was like, just, you could tell it was just starting to like walk and run around and then an older brother and the mom was kind of um, letting the little kid just run around and. Anyway, we thought they were so cute, but I had brought up to Delania that I've, I've always wanted kids, but I had like massive baby fever a couple of years ago when I was in a relationship. And what we talked about was um, kind of why we want children. And the reason this is important is to, to help you feel better about not having kids right now because both of us are single no children and um i am 31 now delania is 35 and it's something that for me i thought i actually growing up i didn't know if i really wanted kids and then it hit me when i was like 25 26 and then it was really bad when i was like 28 29 and over the last couple of years what i've done is i've sat with myself and like and, and with God about it, just like, why is it that I want children? What is it about children that I 
really want. And I'm not saying to like gaslight yourself into not wanting what you want. But what I discovered was that there was a big part of me that wanted kids because in my mind, deep down, even if I didn't want to admit it, if I had the family and if I had the kids, it would mean that I would be getting the kind of love that I've always wanted, the forever love, the like fairy tale ending, the partner that was never going to leave me. And that meant that they, I had the part of the kid thing is the relationship thing for me, because that's the order I want to go in. Hopefully is like, I'll have a husband by then. And if I have a husband, that means that like, I have the love that I want, but it really has nothing to do with the kids. And so I sat with that and, um, and I really had to be honest with myself to get to that point because it's not an easy thing to admit. But once I had gotten to the point where I was like, okay, if I'm really honest, that's why, or a big part of why I wanted it and why it was so hard to handle is because to me in my brain and in my heart, it meant that I would have gotten the love that I want and realizing that that's not true, that, that having the marriage and the kids doesn't guarantee you the kind of love that you want. Mm -hmm. And so I sat with that. And then the other side of it is in the last year or so, I've really, God's been giving me this, um, I, I don't know, message on my, on my heart that like, I, I bet there's a whole bunch of people who got exactly what they thought they wanted and are really, really unhappy because it didn't turn out the way that they thought it was going to. So I don't know. That was like a summary of what we had talked about. I don't know if you have anything to add there. Yes, I I remember when you were telling me that, how proud and liberating it can be to be able to have that acknowledgement as to mm. why you really want children. Yeah. And I think you mentioned also that you were aware that you want it for selfish reasons. Yes. And that is okay Yeah, to want that. I admit it. I'm like, I, I would love children for that reason too, to see little mini me's right. or mini hymns and to be able to impart wisdom on them in ways that I maybe didn't grow up with and see them do better than me. Yeah. But then in the same regard for selfish, selfless reasons, I also wanted children to just bring up for God mm. and saw that as a blessing from him. So I feel like I'm really encompassing both sides and you are too. And I feel like it's very liberating to have a healthy acknowledgement as to why we want children. Mm -hmm. And I think it makes us be okay with which either way it goes. Yeah. That's kind of what I was trying to say is that like, I had to get really honest and have those statements with myself in order to feel better about it, to let it go. Because for a while I was like, it was just like an ache, like, oh. When am I going to be married? When am I going to have kids? And when you think about the inspiration behind it, I, it, I can't quantify the percentage of how much I want marriage and kids based on what I've just described, but let's just say it's 50%. Once I've acknowledged that part of that is, for me, I'm just saying for myself, is invalid because it doesn't equate to forever love. Um, and it could, but it doesn't automatically equal that. It's easier for me to let that go. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that I've given up. I'm just saying that I'm so much more comfortable relaxing in the waiting period. Um, yes. And I wish I had known how to get there when I was really struggling when I was 28 or 29. 
Um, and I think a lot of people will relate to that, that you just see everyone around you getting coupled up or you're going to six weddings next year or everyone's having babies or whatever it is. And you're single and you're just sitting there like, when is my time going to be? I want what everyone else has. I encourage you to just sit down and ask yourself and be really, really honest. It's just you and yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you're of faith, it's just you and God. Um, and just be really honest about like what it is about the family and the kids that, that you want. And none of that is invalid. What I'm saying is you might surprise yourself with your inspiration behind um, why you want those things. And it might be uh, easier to process in the waiting period. Um, and then the other part that we talked about was I've had so many realizations that if I had married the person that I thought I wanted to marry, this was, what year is it? <laughs> this was two or three years ago, almost four years ago. Jeez, time flies. How appropriate as we're going to another year. Oh my God, as we're going to next year. I was desperately in love. I really, really wanted to marry him and it didn't work out. And I kind of, there's an episode on this and like my breakup guide. You can get your drink if you want. You're fine. Um, you might hear us slurping our mm-hmm. zero sugar ginger ale. Girlies, don't sell them out because they're my favorite. They're so good. But you know, when you have like a soda or like specifically a ginger ale and it's so sugary and so syrupy, they make Canada Dry, please sponsor me. They make <laughs> sugar-free ones and they're so good. Okay. I, I turn on them by you. Yeah. So. Okay. Free ad for yeah, Canada Dry. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to send this to them. Um, but what I realized is that if, if I had gotten everything I wanted when I thought I wanted it, I would not have accomplished or done what I've done over the last three years, which is completely transform my personality, completely grow my faith in God, and completely seek and chase after purpose. Amen. Yes. Same. Yeah. Very much so. I would have been settled down as someone's wife and that would have been my priority because I was so in love. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's what I wanted at the time. All I wanted was to get married to this guy and start a life and, you know, but this community that we've created, this thing that I'm chasing after, which I'm still figuring out what it is. um, But I think what it is is a communicator of sorts um, to bridge the gap between like we've talked about, like the spice and the fire of life and faith and just trying to live the most meaningful way and all the in-between moments, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this because it wouldn't have even been on my mind. And so I feel like, because I am of faith for the listener out there, I feel like God is, I feel like the desires of my heart were put in my heart for a reason. They're not just like accidental, but God knows everything. And so he's like, I know you want a husband. I know you want kids. And I have that for you. The reason you're designed to want that is because I did it. But I also have it in you to do all these things and pursue this purpose. And I know, Danielle, that if you get one thing before the other, you won't do both. Mm -hmm. And so what we talked about is it's been such a blessing to it's such a privilege and an honor to go after my purpose and know that it's almost like, you know, you have like a, a, a meal in the fridge or something. Like I know that it's still there. It's mm-hmm. just, I got to do this first. Yeah. It's almost like I got to work first before I can play. Yeah. I feel like there really says something about the order. 
or the whole saying of like, you want to, you need to learn how to walk first before running. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not that you won't accomplish both, both, um, activities, but it is, we need to have that order to really appreciate each one. Yeah. Reverse it. And it's so easy to have it reversed and it would change everything. Like you said. Yeah, it would. I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do any of the things that I'm doing. I mean, I might. No, I, I wouldn't. I'm I know saying, myself. I wouldn't even like, like you mentioned too, I wouldn't even, regardless of um, activities I've been doing, I wouldn't be who I mm, am now. Mm-hmm. Personality and everything, myself alone. Yeah. Okay, the next thing that we talked about, the next thing that we can recall from this, because there's <laughs> been so many good, so many good conversations, <laughs> is attachment theory, limerence, um, and like, Doing the work or starting to do the work um, psychologically to understand the way that you are so that you can get to the point that you want to get to. So just for like preface, I I think I'm like, there are a few different attachment styles to my knowledge. There's anxious, there's avoidant, and there's secure. Mm-hmm. And me and Delania both fall under the anxious. Anxious, secure. Yeah. We lean lean more that way, and mm-hmm. um, when you're with the wrong person, it can kind of exacerbate it. But um, part of I've I've been aware that I lean towards the anxious attachment for the last few years. However, I didn't do any of the work to understand how where that came from and how I might work with my anxious attachment in order to get more to the secure side. Mm-hmm. And so something we were talking about are the questions that you can ask yourself um, to understand where that came from because everything stems from something in childhood. And so some of the questions that I asked myself were, the first thing I had to do was sit down with myself and put aside my ego about thinking and believing I had a really, really perfect, great childhood and just say, it was, it was great. My childhood was great, but if I let everything go and just think about how I felt growing up, what would be there? And there, I was kind of surprised with what I had come up with. Um, so some questions that you can ask yourself are, what did it feel like when I was a kid? Um, what did I feel like towards my parents? What did I think about my parents' relationship? Uh, when did I feel most loved? When did I not feel loved? Um what did I uh, feel towards each individual parent? And you can kind of pull some answers from there and every question can be flipped around. So like, when did I feel loved versus when did I not feel loved? And like journal on this and sit in this and you'll be surprised what you come up with because what we tend to do is either go really towards what we received as a child or what we did not receive as a child. So what I find is that I try to, everyone... We repeat patterns from our childhood. So if you have a parent that wasn't exactly present during your childhood, that doesn't mean that they left you, but maybe they weren't fully present or didn't spend much time with you, you may seek out avoidant men. You may seek out men who um, are not able to actually give you everything that you want because you are modeling what your father wasn't able to give you. And it seems so simple, but the, the, a lot of people don't know this. I didn't. I I didn't break it down for myself until the last year. So, 
Um, I don't know. What was your kind of experience from thinking through all of that? Well, one, the way that we really started talking about it together, you and I, was you were just giving me examples of what I was doing in that moment. Mm. I was like, this is... You were first, like, helping me realize what my anxious tendencies were. were. Yeah. And so that was really helpful to start quickly addressing those. And then as my interest was growing in it and seeing very much that you had a point, that's when I recently asked you, okay, you're right. I definitely feel like I'm falling into this category. Mm -hmm. I never acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. I want to see the... I want to figure out the why part. Yeah. And that's when... You told me about shadow, shadowing, shadow. It's called shadow work. Shadow and work. Some people yeah. like okay. Which are where those questions are coming from that she just yeah. Gave I mean, the example of maybe I don't have a full understand. I I hesitate to say the word shadow work because some people are so frou frou about it, mm, like true. hyper religious and like, oh, this is not you know. And honestly, we'll say it loosely. All, very, it's very all it yeah. means is that you're going back to childhood and unpacking that. That's what it means. You well, can say whatever you want. We'll, we'll forget yeah. that I said shadow. So we'll go back to that's what she made me think about asking those questions to really help me have a place to start of figuring out why. Because also what I asked her was, gosh, like, how do I, where do we even start? Mm. I mean, I, I can't just be told, think back to your childhood. Right. So it was very good that you gave me those questions so much so to the point where I was like, I need to write these down. Yeah. So then I can have a starting point and on my own time start asking myself these questions and really try to start unpacking it yeah because it's it really is as simple as that like I don't mean to downplay how complicated it can be but Mm -hmm. it's a lot simpler than I thought Mm -hmm. um figuring out your attachment style and then also figuring out a starting place to ask the why you're like that yeah and I think something we also talked about is you can recognize that you're super uh inclined towards the anxious attachment behaviors and know that you're doing them and know that they're happening and probably know where they're coming from or maybe have an inkling, but have no idea how to change. Ooh, yes. Very good. There's so what, what we've been talking about is first, instead of just trying to change your behavior, it you have to know where it came from. Mm-hmm. You have to sit with that, in my, in my opinion. You got to process that. And then it's the little-by-little adjustment of your behaviors. Um, Instead of just trying to be like, I'm just not going to think about them all day. Or like, because that doesn't work. It's like trying to go cold turkey Mm -hmm. off of something. Mm -hmm. Of Um, years of behavior. Conditioning, yeah. Yes. Exactly. Um, And I think we're at different points because I've done, I think, a little more processing since I shared this with you. Um, So I'm interested how you feel like you are going to go, like, heading into 2024. What's your game plan of kind of trying to unpack that and process that? Love that. That's such a great question to ask myself going into the new year because it is a behavior I want to practice. And one, I think... My biggest um, practice point will be with the phone. Oh, that's gonna be, I think my my fastest everyday practice for it, because that's where I communicate the most with people. Mm. So I also feel like I get that many more opportunities to do that. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something also really nice about 
the phone being holding all those people essentially in it. Mm. You can quickly like mentally just like put the phone away or put whatever. Like mm-hmm. you can sometimes it helps to physically feel like you're doing something mm-hmm. to help trigger your mind to start practicing it. Yeah. So that's something that's nice yeah. about it that I'm gonna do. Um so wait does that mean like put the phone on do not disturb or do not disturb or vibrate yeah. or uh face down yeah, put it somewhere else. Yes, yes. Like, yeah. even face down has helped me mm-hmm. um, with little things. Not even necessarily with the anxious attachment, but even with getting distracted from my phone. Yeah. So I'm thinking that'll help with that, too. And another thing mentally is to start practicing recognizing when it's happening mm. and acknowledging it as such. Yeah. And then start working on my self-talk with mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. which would be something like oh, I'll be vulnerable for an example say I'm getting my anxious attachments getting triggered I would remind myself if I start to feel like my attitude is changing when I could have had a really good day or mm-hmm. have a really good attitude it's changing I would then remind myself of all the wonderful things that I've done today or look forward to just something as simple as that look around um or also remind myself of my self-worth. Mm. Like, that was a really good photo. It's okay if you didn't respond really, really fast. I know it was a good photo. I'm proud of it. It's not determined how fast I get a response back. Yeah, what about um, instead of also, not instead of, also, um, taking the other party, whatever it is, out of the equation and just saying, sitting with that feeling, like let's say you, you're triggered, your anxious attachment is triggered, and you start going down the thought process of why. And then the the answer is, well, that must mean this. That must mean whatever it is. That must mean they don't like me very much, or mm-hmm. that must mean that they don't think that I'm pretty enough or smart enough or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then sitting with that thought and being like, is that true? Is that not true? And it's it has nothing to do with the other person. It's all about the way that you think. Yeah. And sitting with that versus um, assigning any type of power to them. Yeah. Yes, that, that's more than the situation calls for. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You're right. Yeah. It comes down to owning it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was, you're right, going yeah. with, with the self-talk of, own your day. Mm-hmm. Own how it was going before. Remind yourself of that. Yeah. Own um, own your confidence of knowing that's a great photo. It's not the quality of that is not determined based on their response mm-hmm. or response time. Mm-hmm. And I had something that I totally forgot. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, Right, just reiterating, um, reminding yourself of your value that is not determined by them. They don't hold. They don't right. hold that. Yeah. They don't hold your how your day is going and and um, your self worth and anything that's being triggered by with the anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. And um, I've actually, when you were asking me this, I was thinking about this too. When you were saying we should practice asking why am I feeling this way, mm-hmm. I just had an epiphany. Whenever my anxious attachment gets triggered through communication, mm-hmm. whether it's texting or a phone call or anything like that, with timing or what's being said, I've noticed that it all comes down to being acknowledged. Hmm. I like to feel acknowledged. I have a problem with acknowledgement. Hmm. There's something that's happened 
in the past, if we th- I need to un- yep. unpack it, mm-hmm. that maybe I didn't feel very acknowledged hmm. by men or by people like valued or something because it's not just women. It's, it's not just men. It's women, too. Do you think, and I'm just going down a rabbit hole, she's the oldest of four children. Do you think it might have to do with you were the only child and then there were three more that came along with it? So, like, deep, deep childhood stuff that, like, you had to start splitting your time between siblings as you were a kid. Yes, that pos- that for sure probably could come into mm-hmm. it. And... um I think also something that flashed in my head, too, was I was very shy throughout mm. all adolescence yeah. and high school. And I I maybe was being acknowledged by men, but I either wasn't knowing how to read it as mm. that or I was so shy I held myself back from interacting with people like that that I didn't get as much acknowledgement as maybe I was wanting. Mm. And so it kind of came delayed. And what did that feel like when you weren't acknowledged? I didn't feel special. Hmm. And I, I, gosh, we could totally rabbit trail this. I think also like my my bodybuilding and everything like that. I had all these wonderful friends that were beautiful inside and out. They were very unique. Mm -hmm. Valid Victorians. They always got acknowledged. Homecoming queens. All the boys talked to me or I overheard they wanted them and, and everything. And... I just, I never felt like I had something very unique to be acknowledged for. Hmm. Grades, looks, um, and it wasn't like I ever had a, a confidence problem. I knew I wasn't like sad or anything like that, but I do think that there was something missing that I didn't realize until hmm. it's coming out later in life. Hmm. Yeah. So I carry myself a certain way. I hold people to a certain expectation to try to fill that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, I think, cover it as, well, I deserve it. Like, I respond quickly to you. Why don't get that back? Mm. Or, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, I'll put yeah. it as a front as, no. I'll be like, I'll draw my line. Like, no, this is unacceptable. Mm. When maybe sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And I'm just using it as a cover, yeah. making it look like it's right that I'm feeling this way. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think you want to do with that? Mm. Definitely practice that in 2024 across the board. And this is so helpful. The amount of um, insight that I am learning on this, just with the amount of time you've been here with me, is wonderful. It's so good. And it comes back to what you said and you're telling your listeners is look at how fast I was able to, and everyone's different, of course, but look how fast I was able to come to these conclusions by just talking it talking about yeah. it actively with you and that's what I really enjoy about you yeah. is it comes so natural with you to create a safe space anywhere with someone Aww. whether it's the floor of a terminal a closet <laughs> a car ride it's wonderful thank and it's you. so healthy thank you yeah I would say something that I have looked for in friends and I encourage this if everyone listening and there was a quote by someone I can't remember who it was like if someone like Denzel Washington or something But it was talking about the intelligence of a person, and I really admired this statement. It was like, people with low intelligence, whether that be emotional or just just regular intelligence, with low EQ, regular intelligence, talk about what has already happened, the past. Not in the way that we're doing it, but like, oh, remember that one time that we went to Cabo and it was crazy? And like, you know those people that that's 
all they talk about. They're not able to talk about anything else. And then baseline is present, like how are you doing, what's up today, blah, blah, blah. But the really high intelligence and high emotional intelligence people are able to talk about their hopes, dreams, goals, how to process the past in order to get to the future, like all these kinds of conversations, and that really stuck with me, and I've noticed that I gravitate towards people who are able to reciprocate that level Mm -hmm. of conversation because it also is exemplified in the fruits of their life. So if all you're doing is living in the past, how are you supposed to get to the next point in your life? You're stuck there. So that's... I appreciate you saying that about me because I, when I heard that, that really was something that stuck with me. I want to jump back to what you had said about um, how you want to go about working on things that you've noticed. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I would argue, and in a healthy way to you as well as anyone who's listening who identifies with what you said about assigning um, weight into acknowledgement from other people that they didn't necessarily assign up to give. Mm -hmm. Um, is it actually starts before the point that we're talking about. It starts when you send the photo. It starts yeah. when... Or the text. When or, the co- yeah. yeah, anything. Or the thing, the thing to get acknowledged is where mm-hmm. it starts. Yes. And so what I would argue if I were in that position is that I would not send that photo, and this is just my opinion... Don't come at me with pitchforks. <laughs> I would not, in order to like work on this active work, I would not even send that photo if I knew that there was weight assigned in the response. Oh yes, no, I a hundred percent back that statement. Yeah, I think there is that there is so much truth to that. Yeah, and something that I think about too that I was, um, I don't know who I heard it from, but it parallels it. I think of the same the same mindset of. You shouldn't give a gift if you're expecting something yep, back. Exactly. Then why? Same thing. Exactly. People didn't sign so up valid. for that. No. You know. No. There's a. I mean, there's a difference in terms of your expectations of a relationship, and like you can't just be giving and then receive nothing in return. Very but true. We're, yes. We're talking about when you hope for someone to go above and beyond when that isn't necessarily required of them or maybe even say you're right not only above and beyond but let's just say on your timeline or your standards i mean they're not you yeah yeah they're not you yeah and that's also why we enjoy them we don't want to be feeling we're talking to ourselves that's boring yeah so to give grace to that yeah and and yeah it's good so the other thing that we talked about is i have had i don't know how to describe this but in the last few months since I turned 31. So maybe, I guess it probably happens at different times for different people. But I realized that my appearance, the weight I put into my appearance, the only person that really cares about it is me. And um, it's been such a burden lift off my shoulders because I'll give an example. And this might seem vapid, but I think there'll be people that relate to this. We went out, um, did I wear, what did, we didn't go out last night. We went out two nights ago, and we just did one thing, we went to a little piano bar, and it was fun, um, but, you know, I had packed all these bougie outfits and heels and everything, and I ended up wearing, like, a combo stuff, the cargo parachute pants and, like, a corset and a little bolero thing and and sneakers and it was not at all what I had envisioned and um 
it's not like my exact look for when I feel like the most put together or whatever. Um, and I was just, I was getting ready. And part of it is I just started my period and I was like, I cannot be bothered to put, be put on heels and walk around like that. I just can't. And part of what I realized is that I am the only one that's so heavily invested in whether or not I wear the heels. It literally doesn't matter. Um, and part of it is knowing where your value comes from and that it's not from your appearance. But, but there's, I guess what I'm trying to say is you are still beautiful and you are still put together if, if it's not exactly, there's not just one mold that you have to fit into. And it's been so freeing to be able to say, yeah, I'm just going to throw on my sneakers and I can go to the restaurant. I can go to the um, piano bar or whatever and still feel confident. You know what I mean? Like it's just stepping into a new wave of confidence, I think. Um, and so for the people who are out there listening, I just want to encourage you that it doesn't have to be one way that you look like it's just your value doesn't change whether or not the level you've gotten ready to. Um, now, I do think on the other side of that, if you're putting no effort, there's a little bit of love that you're not giving yourself. So there, that's one side. But I'm just saying, like, I used to have this thing where, like, if I didn't put myself to the like nines, I wouldn't I would feel less than. And I, I feel like that's finally just melting away, and it feels so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and you looked, that. I thought you looked great, too. Oh, thanks. And it was so appropriate for yeah. what we were doing. You were so comfortable, and it was just perfect, even, like, the styling. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool how that works out, right? Because my, my, I myself has, have been practicing that, too. Mm-hmm. I was, for the longest time, just when I had a vision in my head— I had to nail it. Mm. And it would so frustrate me if I couldn't do it. If one thing was off. Yes, because it's the vision I have for myself and I'd associate how I would feel if I looked like that. And therefore, if I can't achieve that, I'm not going to feel how I'm going to feel. No, there are... And to Danielle's point, or to your point, I should say I'm like looking at you, (laughs) speaking to everybody, like you still should put an effort in and feel good. There's just... It's so freeing to see that there's different ways to feel good. It doesn't always have to look like that. And I've been having fun... Um, seeing it as a fashion challenge for myself as, okay, say I'm like traveling and I didn't really bring something specifically for this event, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to be like, let me see what I can come up with and just kill it and love it with what I have. And it's been so fun to see how many times I've successfully been able to do that where I get a photo in this outfit. I'm like, wow, it looks so good for what I was just doing. And it wasn't even planned. Mm. And it was so in the moment done. Yeah, I, yeah, it it makes it it makes it feel so like easygoing. Yeah, I, mean, I like it. Like, oh look, I can look good and I'm easygoing. Well, the low maintenance of it helps you just feel at home in your own body and your own skin. It's like I and am no good matter enough. the circumstance. I am good enough yes. no matter what. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if like everything pulled together the way that I thought it would. Like, I guess the overall point is you can release yourself from the weight and responsibility of the that specific vision of what you had for yourself in a in terms of appearance because the only person that is putting that much weight into it is you and you can still look good yeah you still do look good that's the yeah whole, you still do you're right you're right you still point. do look good it's like we think it's like oh yes, the world this is, is the only i'm only yeah. going to look like you said only going to look like a 9 or 10 on the heels i should tell them what happened at church on 
Oh my gosh, you should so go. (laughs) Okay, so I wore that. Some of you may have seen I wore like a glitter suit and I posted the link for it and I immediately took it off because two things. It literally disintegrated in my butt crack. Any part of the material that was chafing or rubbing against each other literally disintegrated. So do not buy that suit. If you bought it, return it. Um, And then sparkles got everywhere. But it was a fun thing, and my butt was covered because the jacket was long, so it was fine. But I'm in a rush that day, and I'm rushing to church, and I grab my shoes, and I'm out the door, and I have my slides on. That's what I do if I'm driving somewhere, and I'm also going to wear heels. I'll wear my slides, and then I'll pop my shoes on right before I go to the car. I'm hustling into church in my sparkle suit. I am like a disco ball going in for Christmas (laughs) Eve service, and I'm feeling great. I look, I I feel like my feet are, like, one shoe is clomping and the other one is clipping. It's like, clomp, clip, clomp, click. And I'm like, what, what's happening? So I look down, and I love shoes, so I have a lot of shoes. And I had grabbed two different shoes on my way into church. Um, And I'm at the point where my church is 20 minutes away from my house. I'm late for service already. Like, worship has already started, so I'm not going back. I'm like you know what, I'm just going to own this. And it was a moment of, like, this wasn't even something that, like, accidentally didn't work out, like, or I mean, like, um, wasn't the vision. It was, like, a pure accident that was, like, could have been very embarrassing. I'm like, I'm just going to own this and be like, this is the new thing. Like a Regina George cut a hole in the boob of your tank top thing. It was so endearing how literally they were And people were like, I love your shoes. And I'm like, (laughs) She's like, which which one? Yeah, which one? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I was... I had a moment where I caught myself before I allowed myself to be embarrassed because I was like, literally no one cares. No one cares that I have two different shoes on. They probably do not notice. That was seriously such a good example of, and again, like, fortunately for her too, she wasn't going, it's not like she was at a a all-night party or anything like that. It was such a perfect setting of like, oops, temporary, going to be here and then I can go home and and do what you want to do with it. Yeah. But just all the girlies out there, it doesn't matter you are worthy and valuable and beautiful just the way that you are. And even if the vision for, like, aesthetically, your your outfits or whatever it is doesn't just really... It seems so vapid to talk about, but I think there's weight to it because we all feel it. Um, just let, let it go because you're the only one that cares that much and it doesn't change your value. So, yeah. Okay. So we're trying to recap our conversations over the last few days, which is hard because we've had so many of them, but we think we hit the big things. I think I want to end this episode by doing a year recap and then talk about what we want to do in 2024. And before we start this, I I don't necessarily love when podcast hosts make it about them. And I think that also has to do with why my content has been popping off is that I find a way to like relate it or make it about the audience. But I think we might be at the level where this might be interesting. And I hope that it inspires someone to ask these questions to themselves. Um, So I encourage you as you head into 2024, if no one else is asking you these questions, um, that you can do it here with us and, and sort of do like the same thing that we're doing, um, which has been kind of what we did earlier over breakfast or brunch. So, Delania, we'll start with you. What, um, what's the biggest thing that you learned over the last year? Independence. 
Mm, that was Next, quick. That was real quick. Was I'm also trying to do that more, by the way. What? Being very in the moment of what first comes to my mind. Yeah, because it's like you're good. You've been good yeah. at that reiterating. Yeah. By the way, great trick that she's really taught me is try it, everybody. It's amazing with anything. What? Yeah, what she's saying is like... If you have a gut instinct or a gut response or an instant response, it's usually there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Um, and then we, I think sometimes we get a little bit uh, paranoid about like, well, maybe that was just a reaction that's not my truth. And, yeah. you know, yeah. And well, it must be more. And sometimes it's really simple, but keep going. Independence. Yes. Independence. Um, I obviously did that big state move from California mm-hmm. to Texas. That was a big, solid first year in Texas. And, it was also the first time I've ever lived on my own. Mm. So that was a big partnership. And not only on my own, I had the blessed I had the blessed opportunity to have a four bedroom, three bath home all to myself. Yeah. And the only other time I've really been in a new home was with my my um ex-husband. Mm-hmm. And that I mean like he was a man. So I always had him to, you know, be there for me. And now I have huge house by myself don't know anyone in a new state yeah (laughs) i have to set up all the utilities on my own and um especially given it's a new home but find new church a new church all of that it was just a lot all in one but gosh god's timing is so perfect back to what we were saying i could have never done this earlier Mm. everything was happening to lead me up for this for this moment and what a great moment it's been mm-hmm. to really flex my muscles in that way and see that it's okay. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Independence. I think for me, the biggest thing that I've learned from 2023 is that life is just waiting for me. Um, I've It has been a big realization that there is so much out there for me that I haven't tapped into because deep down I'm afraid. And so, and there's no reason for me to be afraid. It's just afraid of the unknown. But, like, I'm getting tastes of it with pursuing passion, doing this podcast, social media, creating community, all this kind of stuff. That, and really asking the question of, like, what could my life look like? Like, what are my dreams and what's my dream life? And um, is that possible? And, like, having these moments where, like, I'm like, yeah, literally everything on this list in my mind, I can do this. Um, But the only thing that it is going to require of me is to get over the fear or feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. And if you are kind of in the same boat where you're so afraid but you think there might be more out there for you or it's at the point on the opposite end where you're like, something's got to change and I... I can't keep living like this. I would mm-hmm. encourage you to go to, I, I I never get the episode numbers right, but I think episode six is how to live your dream life. And it's a step-by-step guide to outlining your dream life and uh, putting, giving yourself actual instructions in order to get there. So I encourage you to go listen to that. Um, Delania, heading into 2024, what... What do you want to have happen in 2024? Mm, You know, it's kind of cool. It kind of segues really well off of yours Mm. with this newfound independence, this empowerment I have. 
I'm now going to use it mm. and propel myself into 2024 and pursue more of my passions. Mm-hmm. So it really has helped me because to your point, pursuing your passions, it's just getting over your fear really. Well, one, it's figuring out what they are and then also getting over your fear to right. pursue them. And I feel like this past year has really strengthened me to get over any fear of I can do this. I can do anything I set my mind to. Right. I really want it. What else can I set my mind yeah. on? What else do I like? Right. And... That's all I'm going to do. So I'm outlining those things. And it's going to go so wonderfully hand-in-hand with one of the big reasons why I wanted to leave was to have a chance to have, like, a whole fresh start to pursue whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And the only thing holding back is me. Mm -hmm. There's no more excuses. It's not the state that I live in. It's not my relationship status, the money in the bank, anything. I'm like, let's go. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Very exciting. Yeah, Yeah, I feel like a lot of us, and I said this in the episode I mentioned, a lot of us um, get so stuck in the way that things are that we forget that we have the power to to Mm -hmm. change. And and the you only live once is like this silly phrase, but it's so true. It's like time is passing you by and life is meant to be lived. If you're spending your time doing things that you hate, you are wasting time. Like, I, I get it. There, there are moments where you got to do what you don't want to do and, and make ends meet, and I understand that. But if you're in a position where maybe it doesn't look like you drop everything and completely change, but you make slight adjustments in order to have more of what lights you up in your life, but you're not doing it just because of the way things are. That's where we miss out, I think. So um, kind of similar for me for 2024, um, even as I like think the words in my head before I say them, I'm getting like triggered for fear, but I'm just going to put it out there. Everyone get ready because 2024 is going to be a big year for for me. Um, It's going to be the year where I take chances because I'm never going to be single and 31 again. Um, I am considering some moves, physical moves. Um, I would like to spend a couple of months in San Francisco, like mm-hmm. we've talked about, and do like, I joke around and say like, do a Carrie Bradshaw sex in the city without the sex kind of, <laughs> kind of situation. <laughs> but, you know, just be a single girl in the city and like meet other people not just, like, meet men, but, like, make new friends and, like, mm-hmm. be around. Because I've only been... I've lived in the suburbs my whole life. It's a different vibe. I never left for college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just have that community of people around me that are my age yep. um, and continue to grow all of my passions. I, I, I think we are heading into a year where, um, especially for the passion of social media that I have, I think I am going to experience a lot of growth. Um, because part of my brand is like living my life and sharing it. And if I have all these things that excite me and I am documenting them for all of you guys to see them, I think the reason people follow me is because they identify with some of the things I'm doing. But if I'm finally going for the things that scare me, can you imagine how much that would be inspiring the next girl to, to do the same thing? And so, um, I'm going to get over fear and or do it anyway and do it scared. A um, couple of moves. I 
um, I'm going to do a couple of, like, behind-the-scenes things, like, admin things to try to, like, um, basically take on management and get on a podcast network. Um, lots of big things, I think, for 2024. Um, and I am going to date, um, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> That's wh- going to be a nice aspect to the podcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're still figuring out what the boundary is there. Uh, I said this on a video I just made, but like, I don't know what the boundary is. I don't know if I want that to be my lane. I know you guys understand, but I really am looking for a relationship. And so, and the guy that I end up in a relationship with will have to be okay with this. Not just okay. I need a guy to be like my number one fan. Yes. That's a good. Way to I've put thought it. very deeply about this. Um, but I don't want to be the girl that like is known for documenting dates from a man's perspective because like that would be, I don't know. I don't know. I you have. A, I think you have a very good heart and good intention and wanting to find just like that the boundary intention, of like, being protective of, of them. Yeah. And a lady, you're very ladylike. I, I get the, like if I, I follow someone who is kind of does the documenting of dates and I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I think it's great content and the way that she does it, I know that all of her dates are aware that she does it and she actually makes a living from it and I mm-hmm. think it's great. I just... I don't know if I want to make that my whole spiel. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I, I think it'll evolve. Once you start doing it, you'll start figuring out what yeah. you want to do. Yeah. But it's nice that it's fun that you've let all of us know, like, this is um, something that you're going to be doing, and we're looking forward to supporting you in anything that you feel comfortable sharing with us. Yeah, I think that's the thing is, like, I usually I like to, like, stick with this is my perspective mm-hmm. and not commenting on, like— the other party or what happened or what was said or whatever. Because yeah. to me, without their knowledge, I don't know if that feels very consensual. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But thank you guys for tuning in. Yeah. Um, as always, please share this with your friends if you think something this episode might resonate. I love you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. This is the part of the podcast where I ask you to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share with your friends. Even if you want to like screenshot this and tag me on Instagram and I'll repost you on my story, I would so appreciate it. Word of mouth from your friends is the most powerful way to share something of value. So if you could do that for me, I'd love you forever. Okay. Love you. Bye.